0: We've all been texting somebody, I think I put this in the email, but we've all been texting somebody, you need an answer, right? And so you pick up your phone, isn't it wonderful? I mean, there's a lot of things I don't like about, uh, you know, all of our smartphones and everything, but it's wonderful. I mean, no, you got Google at your fingertips, you, you're just smart. All the time, you know what I mean? I, I was clarifying something for my message tonight, and I yelled up to Jake. I said, hey, could you Google that point real quick? I'm not sure one of those stats is right. And, um, and, and I, I picked up my phone before to text somebody because I have a question. Come on, we've all done it, right? And, and, and I'm watching and waiting because I'm expecting they're doing nothing in life except waiting for my text, right? It, isn't it crazy how irritated you can get now if people don't answer you immediately? How many remember the days when you had, to, you had to wait until the person got home from work, had dinner, and maybe check their answering machine, right? Now we expect people to answer us like right now. And and so you text a question, and, and then you see this little symbol right here. So you know they've read your text. You, 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 you and and so that's like a minor victory. How many know what I'm it's like, yes. They were watching, and, and oh, they're answering. And if you ever had that, and, and, it, and it moves? You know what I'm talking about? So, so you know they're typing, and, and, and you're waiting? Am I the only one? It's like, this has created more impatience in my life. Like, I don't need a book written. I need a yes or a no, right? And it's like, ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Come on. It's like the little spinny thing on your computer already, right? I think God messes with our technology just to see if we have patience. And and some phones, I I know the iPhone does this. If this goes on too long, you know what happens next, right? It'll say, still typing. Have, Have you guys seen this? Still typing. It's like, come on already. And then it never comes through. Have you had this happen to you? It doesn't come through. And now your mind is wondering, like, are they messing with me? Are they they watching me? Are they somewhere? Uh, Are they punking me right now? Or did they get a phone call? Or did their battery die? Why didn't they hit send? I know they started answering, but they didn't finish answering. Have you ever felt like that with God? Now, don't give me a spiritual churchy answer. Oh, no, Brother Ken, we know God answers all the time. Don't lie to me in church. Come on. Have you ever wanted God to answer you faster than He does? Have you ever? I mean, by faith, we have this. It's like, Lord, can you? And, and, and we know there is an answer. We know by faith that He does care. But sometimes it's like He's still typing. You know what I mean? It's like, Wow, Lord, what what do you do when your faith says, "I know God is answering, but I'm still waiting"? What do you do when everybody else seems to be getting their answers and their direction, and you're still waiting on yours? Columbia research concluded that the average person makes 70 uh, conscious decisions a day. Uh, that's why some of us are worn out. 70 conscious decisions a day that's 25,550 decisions a year okay you want to do the math multiply that over 70 years and that's 1,788,500 decisions in a 70-year lifespan and some decisions now I'm talking about conscious I'm not talking about the ones we don't even think of like when you pull into Starbucks and get your double you didn't even think about that that was autopilot right but uh some of those decisions they're huge some of those decisions they have they're relatively small but some of those decisions come on they have life-altering consequences come on I need to take a survey it's just a handful of us tonight so come on how many would like to go back and you can think of one decision right this second I wish I could go back and change that one (laughs) exactly right it's life altering consequences many have come to me over the years and because I'm a pastor I know you think that I have a direct line to God and I know everything for you Um, but I don't everybody and I I, we all have a direct line to God um, but but I can't tell you what God's will is for your life People ask me things like, what do you think I ought to, should I do this or should I do that? And I can't answer that question for you. But what I can do and what I want to do in this series is hopefully just give you some guidelines and some principles to live by, okay? So like I said, in the introduction tonight, is extremely foundational. And for those of you that have been serving God for a little bit of time, this might feel a little bit elementary. But how many know we all need a reminder every once in a while, right? It's always good to go back to some fundamentals. So, so let's start with some real basic thoughts on what I'm going to call the will of God. And uh, by the way, the Bible is the Old Testament and the New Testament. Testament. Testament is the will and testament of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's how the New Testament is, is, is uh, talked about. It's the will and testament. It's God's will. So if we're going to find God's will, how many know we need to get familiar with God's word, right? So let's break it down into three parts. These are just some real foundational stones. Number one, let's, first of all, as we talk about the will of God, there is first what we call the sovereign will of God. The sovereign will of God. If you've been in church any length of time, you've probably heard that word somewhere used. If you ever prayed for something and it didn't get answered the way you wanted it, probably some dear church saint said, well, God is sovereign and it sounds spiritual and you didn't like it. You know what I mean? Right? It's like God is sovereign. So there's the sovereign will of God. This whole idea of sovereign is the idea that God is the supreme authority on everything. Come on, are you guys okay with that? Let me say it again. God is the supreme authority on everything, right? He knows how long uh, this mess is going to last. He knows what's coming next. He's God. He's smarter than us. Aren't you glad He's God and you're not, right? He has the ability, come on parents, to see what we're not mature enough yet to see. It's the same reason I don't give my two-year-old granddaughter the keys to my car, right? Right? Because I love her enough not to give her everything that she wants at the moment, that's the sovereign will of God. It, it means He has divine authority. The Bible says His ways are higher than my ways, and uh, the sovereign will of God is basically—it's basically what God's going to do no matter what. Okay, so uh, I'll give you a real basic one. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. that, that you didn't have a choice in that matter. Whether you reject Jesus or accept Jesus, whether you intend to accept Jesus or not, you had no choice. It was God's sovereign will to say, I want a relationship with my creation, and I'm going to pay the penalty of sin. That's the sovereign will of God. So no matter what we do, whether we receive Him or reject Him, He's already chosen that He's going to do that. That's the sovereign will of God. Let's talk about number two, the moral will of God. The moral will of God, there might be a better name for that, but the moral will of God, uh, it's what God has already said in the Bible. It, it, it's, it, it's the moral do's and don'ts. It's, it's almost, uh, I hate to use this word, but it's almost like Christian ethics. The Ten Commandments, those are the moral. How, how many know it's a good moral thing not to murder, right, everybody? So that's the moral uh, will of God. Um, And by the way, let me go on record to say this, because some don't understand this, but God's will is never contrary to the moral will of God. Let me say it another way, because I get this a lot. I don't know if you get it, but I get this as a pastor. Well, God told me, and I'm like, well, there's like, I can think of like a dozen scriptures right off the top of my head that are in direct contrast to what you're claiming God told you. So either you ate pizza too late last night, Or you're lying to yourself. Let me take another survey. You've never done this, but how many of you have somebody you know that has lied to themselves? Under the disguise that it was God. You know what I'm saying, right? Okay. So we often want God's, watch this, we often want God's blessing on something that is not His will. We're often guilty of praying, God, I want you to bless my will, bless my new business, bless this new thing, bless this new church, bless our service tonight. And all those are good prayers, but maybe instead of asking God to bless our will, we ought to figure out what His will is, because Jeremiah 29 tells us that He knows His will for our life, and His will is to bless us and prosper us. So maybe we ought to just discover what His will is, because His will is already blessed, everybody. And one of the things that I see us sometimes doing is we want God to bless something that is directly opposed to what's written in the Word of God. Uh, I've had people ask me to do a marriage for them and put God's blessing on it. And there's been times I've said no. And the reason I've said no is because you're living together now out of wedlock, or you're dating or wanting to marry somebody that's not a Christian, and says, once we get married, he'll become a Christian. But the Bible directly tells us not to be unequally yoked together. And so we want God's blessing many times on, on our will with no regards to his moral will. Come on, is that too hard for you guys? Well, it's the Bible, so I can't help it, all right? Get mad at God. Romans 12, 2 says this. It says, Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Watch this. His good and His pleasing and perfect will. I want to be in His good will. I want to be in His good graces. I want to be in in the blessing zone. Come on, everybody, right? I want to be in His will because His will is already blessed. So don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. How many know there's a lot of patterns in this world right now that aren't God's will? Number three, here's the third kind of will of God. So we have the sovereign will of God. We have the moral will of God. And then there's this one. These two are, you know, okay, God's supreme. He, can, he, he has the final word. The moral will of God, it's the word of God. Okay, I'm going to dive into the word of God. But how many know there's not a scripture and verse for every question we have, right? Right? Thou shalt move to Washington, particularly Mount Vernon, right? There's not a Bible verse. I wish there was. But there's not always. So now we have to deal with the personal will of God. And and this is is God's destiny and purpose for our life. And and, uh, God has a purpose. When God created us, He put inside of every one of us a purpose. He has a plan and a purpose. And He's wired you a certain way and gifted you a certain way according to to the plan and the purpose that he has for your life you guys with me okay uh so if we if we will understand that God is sovereign and we search the moral will of God and and have faith to receive the sovereign will of God it's easier to follow his personal will for our lives Okay? So, so when we're trying to discover what is God's will for my life, I would advise you, make sure, first of all, you recognize that God is all authority, second, that you discover all that you can in the moral will of God, and then that makes it a whole lot easier for us to discover His personal will for our lives. Okay, everybody? Okay. We, we good? Okay, now... Again, I'll go back to, I can't tell you what God's will is for your life, but I can remind you that He is sovereign and that the Bible has some things to say about that. And, he's, and, and then I can help you, if you want, discover the giftings you have. All of us have spiritual giftings. All of us are wired certain ways. Come on, right? Right? And so when we put that wiring and those giftings together with His personal will for our life, Psalms 139 says it this way. Psalms 139 tells us, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to pass. Come on, when God created the world, He created you. And, and, and every single day, His plans and purposes were deposited in you at that time, wow, you say, but yeah, but Ken, I, I know what argument is, is right there right now, but Ken, um, I know God has a plan for my life, but I went the wrong way and really went on a detour and crashed and burned and messed it all up, has the devil ever told anybody anything like that, come on, can I see your hand, put your hand up in the chat if you're watching, because I've done that, I've done that. I thought, man, I made such a messed up, selfish, egotistical, evil decision that now I have messed up my life. Uh, uh, What what, what wrong turns have you taken? And now the enemy will leverage those wrong turns and say, it's too late now. Just might as well move out of the way. But how many know God can still make it work? There's this verse we quote all the time, Romans chapter number 8, verse number 28. It says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him and who have been called according to His purpose. All things work together. When, when we mess up, when we deliberately mess up and repent, I mean, oh, God has the ability to come, come around. Haven't you ever been going somewhere and you've made a wrong turn and got lost? Anybody here? Come on. Uh, uh, remember when GPS systems first came out? Remember, you could rent a car at the airport. They asked you if they, you wanted the little device. And, and, and those things didn't work as good back then. And, and it'll tell me, I was trying to get back to the airport one time. I ended up at a junkyard. Come on, everybody. I was so far away from the airport. I was mad. I was stressed. I was frustrated. I was late. But guess what, everybody? I'm still alive. And right now, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. See, we make wrong turns in life, but God is our—if I could, without being uh, uh, with, without being tried about it—he's our GPS. He can reroute our lives. Huh? We, we might show up a day or two late. <laughs> we might show up with a bruise or two. Come on, everybody. We we might end up with a scar or a story to tell. But God is God, and He's sovereign, and He can still redirect our lives. I've come to realize when I'm confused about God's will, I recognize that there's too much me involved. There's too much of what I'm trying to pursue involved. So here's some questions I ask. I ask, what am I pursuing that I shouldn't be pursuing? That, that's a good question for me. What, what am I trying to go after that maybe I just need to set on the back burner and not worry about right now? Uh, last year, we were looking at buildings to purchase for our church, and, and it was stressing me out. I couldn't figure out why it was stressing me out. And, and I, w- I, I was coming up with all kinds of plans to make things work. And finally, I realized, maybe I'm pursuing something that God's not ready for me to pursue. So I put it on a back burner, and three months later, COVID hit. I'm really glad we weren't in the middle of a big mortgage payment. Come on, everybody, right? Um, so when I get stressed and confused, I ask myself, What am I pursuing that I shouldn't be pursuing right now? Uh, And by the way, this takes quiet time. This takes time alone with God. This takes what I call unplugged time. This takes close the laptop, turn off the iPhone, time with God. You guys with me? The next question I'll ask is, what am I not doing that I should be doing? What am I not pursuing that I've already felt prompted that I should be doing? And, and I won't go into the story right now, but the Outreach Center. I, I knew and I know outreach has always been part of our ministry. And I kept saying, well, you know, once we get a little more established, and then once we get through COVID, and then once we, come on, how many know there's never a perfect time? So what am I not pursuing that I should be pursuing? So how do I hear from God? And how do I know His will? Let me tell you the story. In August 27, 1883, ranchers in Alice Springs, Australia heard something that sounded like a gunshot, and, but it was actually an earthquake on a remote Indonesian island. Watch this, 2,233 miles away. That's a big earthquake. It measured 310 decibels on the uh, whatever the scale is, and uh, it threw a rock 34 miles away. Threw rocks 34 miles away, and it cracked a one-foot-thick concrete wall that was 34 miles away. Come on, that's a big earthquake right there, right, everyone? Um, so no, it, it cracked a one-foot-thick. Uh, cement wall that was 300 miles away that's a serious earthquake check this out though the sound was not audible in Colombia. however there was a spike in the atmospheric pressure because of the sound waves so they didn't hear the sound waves but they experienced what the sound created you guys following me uh, here's the conclusion to that story, and here's why I wanted to bring it up. Just because you can't hear something doesn't mean it's not there. And just because you don't think God doesn't speak anymore doesn't mean that God's not speaking. And just because you're not hearing God right now doesn't mean that he's not trying to get your attention. Come on now. On the other hand, on the other hand, that was a 310 decibel meter uh, it read. On the other hand, on the other side of that story, a whisper is averaged out at about 15 decibels. Now let me read a story to you. First Kings chapter number 19. You can go back and read this story. This is where Elijah just had the big showdown on Mount Carmel. They've been in a famine for three years. No rain has happened. Elijah's ready for a move of God. He's longing for a move of God. It's time for a move of God. Come on, do you see the parallel? There's a famine. People are thirsty. Come on, everybody, right? And Elijah wants a move of God. Check it out. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Can I say this without sounding too spooky? I believe that we're in a season where God's ready to pass by. I really believe that. And uh, you can believe it if you want to. The more people that have joined that bandwagon, maybe the more our faithful arise and God will pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. What? <laughs> Come on now. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. He wasn't in the earth, wind, or fire. This sounds like a band, you know? He, he wasn't in any one of them. That's a bad old joke, isn't it? you got to be a certain age to get that one. I'm sorry, young people that are watching, all right? Just Google it, Okay. And after the fire, watch this, came a gentle whisper. And if you read the rest of the story, that's where God was. He was in the gentle whisper. I think sometimes we want the spectacular. Sometimes when we want the will of God, man, we want Him to write it on the wall. We want the earthquake. We want the wind. We want the fire. We want some big prophetic word. We want the preacher to bring a sermon that, man, just really knocks us out of our chair. But maybe we have a hard time hearing God in our lives because maybe God wants to whisper and we got too much commotion going on in our lives. Maybe God's ready to talk, but God is a God who whispers. Come on, everybody. See, when we talk about whispering, whispering, it, you have to have relationship to get close enough to somebody to hear them whisper. It speaks of intimacy. And maybe God wants us to be close enough and intimate enough and relational enough that He doesn't have to send fire and He doesn't have to do all the crazy calisthenics, but just in a quiet time, He can whisper His plans, His wills, his purpose is in the middle of a pandemic. He can come alongside of you and gird you up and breathe peace into you and give you direction when the whole world is going crazy. He can just come along and guide you through. Come on, everybody. That's the kind of relationship I want with God. Right? And maybe that's why the psalmist wrote in Psalms 46.10, maybe that's why he said, Be still and know that I am God. Yeah, Be still. That's not a quality we talk much about in our culture anymore. Just to be still. Okay, here's another list I want to give you. I want to give you, these are just five simple ones, okay? Five reasons that we don't usually hear God's voice. Five reasons we don't hear God's voice. They're real simple, so I apologize ahead of time if you're looking for something real profound. They're real simple. Number one is I think that we have too many voices going on. Come on, we live in a day, I love it, because we have access to everything. We have access to information. We have a- access to anything right now. How many remember the days you had to go find some neighbor that had the Encyclopedia Britannica, right? You had to wait till the library opened up. Right now, I can pull out my phone and answer just about any question, if I can spell it right. You know what I'm saying, right? And, and, but I think we have too many voices, I'm going to make this real simple. I think there has to be a time and a season in our life when we unplug. Okay, I'm going to get really old school on you. I think we all need some level of Sabbath in our life. Some level of unplugging. Some level of where we're just resting and we're hearing. And and, and we're training ourselves to hear the whisper. I've talked to you about this many times, but I I strongly believe there's blessings in what I call the law of first. I think if we give God the first of our day, I think if we give God the first of our money, the first of our time, I I know that you go to work early and, and I understand all that, but what if there was a season every day where we broke apart from the world and just gave God a handful of minutes and trained our spirits how to be calm and how to rest and how to hear the whisper listen right now that might not be like woohoo i can't wait to do that but i promise you you live long enough there's going to be a day that you're desperately going to need to hear the wisdom and the voice of god and you're going to want to make sure it's at that time you're going to wish that you had trained your ears how to hear the whisper of god we have too much brain bounce anybody have brain bounce beside me I I mean, it's like, oh, Facebook, oh, this, oh, and there's just too many things going on. Um, I told this story once before, but when I was young and in ministry, I went to preach at uh, a university campus, Grand Valley State University. Uh, There there was teenagers there, hundreds of teenagers, and I was preaching. They were all in the stands, and I did this experiment and, and I asked, I held up a $50 bill, and I asked, who would like a $50 bill? And, of course, you know, teenagers, everybody, they're screaming and pushing each other, I want it, I want it. And, and I said, okay, then I'm going to do an experiment with you. And, and I said, I'm going to blindfold you, and I'm going to yell directions from the back door all the way to the center where the emblem of Grand Valley State University on the basketball floor is, and, and I'm going to lead you right there to have you pick it up. What I didn't tell them as I told hundreds of teenagers to all yell the wrong directions while I was yelling the right directions. It came in the door blindfolded, and it was deafening. It was so loud my ears were bleeding. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, termites were shaking out of the rafters kind of thing. And I'm, I'm yelling as loud as I can the direction no turn left he's smashing into walls and and it's just ridiculous i said okay let's try it again this time i'm going to use a microphone and i'm going to guide you in so he goes back out tell everybody the same thing scream the wrong directions and i'm telling you they shouted all the more because i had a microphone and as much as i tried to get him to the middle of that floor to pick up the 50 dollars bill even with a microphone he could not get there I said, we're going to try this one more time. This time, though, I'm going to put down the microphone, I'm going to come walk right beside you, and I'm just going to whisper in your ear the directions I need you to take. And the place was maddening because then I upped the ante, and I said, if he doesn't get that $50 bill, I'm giving everyone in the house $50. The place went ballistic. I was scared to death because that was the only $50 I had. He came in the door, and the place I mean, they're stomping on the floor. They're banging the ble- ble- bleachers, and, and I just got right beside him. I said, come on, you're doing good. Come on, just, just, keep, I, just keep walking straight. You're all right. No, 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 walk with me. Just follow. Just right here. Yep, little left, little left. Got him to the middle of that floor. I said, now bend down. He got down there, and the place is so stinking loud, I couldn't even hardly hear myself whisper. And he reached down, and he got that $50 bill. You see, there's a lot of noise in our world today. Has anybody noticed? Hey, there's a lot of opinions about what you should do and what you shouldn't do. About what side you should be on and what side you shouldn't be on. And what you should be for and what you shouldn't be for. Come on, everybody. But maybe if we could just hear the whisper of God. So number one. Number two is I think, number two is we don't ask God. I know, I told you it was elementary. I think sometimes we don't know God's voice and God's direction because we simply don't ask Him. Have we just simply asking God? Um, um, James chapter number one says it this way. Um, it says this: If any of you lacks wisdom, how many of you ever had to make a major decision that you needed wisdom that was beyond what you got in school? Right? James tells us this: If any of you needs wisdom, you should ask God. Who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. This literally, I don't know if God let it happen so clear this week in my life because he knew I was going (laughs) to preach this verse. I had a major decision to make and and it was a pretty serious decision for my life. And I was conflicted because on one hand and then on the other hand, and, and I was really conflicted about it. And, and so finally I said, God, you know, I need your help making this decision. And less than 24 hours later, I received an email that totally eliminated one option. And I just said, thank you, Jesus. That's it. Thank you. And by the way, if you want them to answer you again next time, make sure you say thanks. Right? Okay. All right. Number three, I think we don't get what we, uh, we don't hear God's voices because number three, I think sometimes we just give up too early. I don't know where we've been sold somehow we've become convinced that if we are in God's will everything's going to come out beautiful I think we I think somehow we've been convinced that when God wants to get our attention he sends an angel down on a fluffy little cloud playing a harp and saying thou shall go to Nineveh I mean no God can direct your life by jacking your world up too How many of you have to admit that usually that works better? (laughs) Right? Come on now. Uh, Maybe, maybe we just have to redefine success. Um, Because God is far more interested in us than what He's doing through us. Uh, I know this sounds cliche, but God is more interested in character development than He is our comfort. He's interested in our character. Um, And I think, and I think you'd have to agree with me, I've learned way more through my failures and my disappointments. Anybody else? I hate them when I'm in them. But how many know, every time we look back on them, it's like, oh yeah. (laughs) Duh. Right? Absolutely. Um, it's, It's the hard times that rub off the rough edges. Number four. Reasons that we can't hear God's voice. We rely too much on logic. The pros and cons. I do this. I make a list of pros and cons. Anybody else do this? I do it. Pros, cons, pros, cons, pros, cons. And most of the time, the cons is the way God wants me to go. Every decision I've ever made in ministry has been to go somewhere to make less money. That's a con, everybody, in case you didn't know. I started out as a pastor. I was making $100 a week and working a side construction job. That, that situation grew. My pastor resigned, and in my denomination, that meant I had to resign. Uh, I, I went somewhere made half the money. And, and within three years, uh, I was, actually, I was like the highest paid youth pastor in our state, in our denomination and um, and then God called me to go lead a church, and, and I left there and went to lead a church, making half the money I was there. And after a few years, I got to a good salary. Then I came to Mount Vernon and made half of what I was making there. And then uh, we did some other things. I came back to start all over and made half again. There's a trend going on in my life. But I've never missed a meal. Come on, everybody, right? See, because... Be, be, because God is often not logical. And, and logic is keeping some of us from God's best in our life. Because it doesn't pencil out. Let me say it this way. When we reduce God down to the level of our understanding, we might be missing something great He wants to do in our lives. First Corinthians says it this way. It says this, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but consider them foolishness. This is on the con side, God, (laughs) right? And cannot understand them because they uh, they are discerned only through the Spirit. When we came back, you would not believe how many people, like, what are you thinking? You're going back to Mount Vernon? They couldn't discern what I felt God was saying in my life, right? We had an opportunity one time i 'll tell you this story now i 'll give you just a handful of other th- things. I knew that our time in ministry was coming to an end and um, and, and I let it be kind of known that you know I was praying about God releasing me and this this was years ago when we were pastoring a pretty good sized church in, in Michigan, and a church that was always kind of like um, uh, kind of like my dream church. It's where Patty and I went on our very first date, and uh, this church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Grand Rapids is where my wife is from. Her sisters live there. Her mom and dad lived there, and, and and they wanted to interview me, and so we went to Grand Rapids, and I was interviewed, and and we had a great opportunity to take that church, and I thought this this i will ride this wave until jesus comes they had just finished building a huge 5000 seat auditorium they had just bought a whole city block that had like four indoor soccer fields everything was cash uh paid for in cash they were debt free it was a very prestigious church how many know i could have rode that on out until jesus came right they called me for a second interview and asked me some questions, and, and I was in top contention to take that church. And it, in the natural, it made sense. Because, man, we could do the rest of our ministry right here with Patty's family. Um, it's a church that I've always admired. Uh, and, and in the, in the flesh, it, it really meant some prestige and some national kind of recognition in the ministry. And when they called me for the second set of questions, they, they told me some of the questions they wanted to go through. And I felt, I'm going I'm to use a term here that's actually a true term. I felt a red flag. That's a real thing. Has anybody ever had a red flag? I, I, I sometimes call it a gut check. And, and I realized, watch this everybody, I realized that if I would have said yes to that church, I was doing it all for the wrong reasons i'm going to tell you this i purely wanted that not because god was calling me i purely wanted it for my own ego i purely wanted it for my own comfort i purely wanted it for all the wrong reasons and my friends one of the hardest things to hear god's will is to get past your will not my will but thy will be done. Right, everybody? Let, 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 now, let me give you a little phrase. This isn't in the notes, but this is, th- this is worth the price of admission right here. I felt, I felt some tension, and I have learned in my life that whenever I feel tension, it deserves my attention. The tension deserves the attention, and that means I'm going to pray about it, I'm gonna absolutely talk to my wife about it. I'm gonna gather those that are the closest to me. Whenever there's tension, tension need or tension needs my attention. If I wouldn't have given the tension my attention, I would have made a wrong move. Okay. Uh, Number five. Number five, this one's gonna kind of mess with you a little bit. Number five, reason why we don't hear God's voice is we ignore our own desires. What? Now I'm going to really dive into this one a little bit deeper as we get into the series because how many know your desires, wait a minute, you just told me not to follow my will, right? But God has wired us certain ways. So he might move us past our comfort zone, but I'm not sure he's going to move us past our talent zone. Come on now. God didn't call me to sing for you guys tonight. How many of you are glad? Thank you, Jesus, right? He didn't call me to sing and dance for you tonight. I'm preaching tonight, okay? Uh, we god put desires in us and i'm going to talk about if we delight ourselves in the lord he will give us the desires of our heart so those desires god's not some ogre in heaven like oh i'm gonna mess gary up because i know he wants to live in the northwest but i'm gonna make him go to spain you know or something like that god's not like that god put those desires in us one of the best pieces of advice I got when I was trying to decide where I was going to spend the last half of my life pastoring, I, I, I had one of the most wise pastors because I was like, oh, I need God's will. And finally, this guy asked me, he said, Ken, if money wasn't an issue, where would you live? If a church, money, nothing was the issue, where would you go live your life? I said, somewhere where it was moderate temperature because I'm sick of snow and I don't like 100 degrees. And uh, it was close to that today, though. And uh, um, Uh, and, and i want to be able to go outdoors i want to hike mountains i want to go to the water i want to uh so probably like somewhere in the pacific northwest that's the desires of my heart god cares about your desires especially if we're trying to line up our desires with the moral sovereign will of god all right everybody okay so let me conclude by doing this um Let me conclude by giving you some resolve to, okay, here's why we don't hear God's voice. Again, these are just some elementary working blocks. Let me give you some resolve to begin to prepare your ears because over the next few weeks, we're going to kind of dive into this just a little bit deeper. So number one, here's some things you can do. Eliminate some noise. Just eliminate some of the voices I promise you, there's voices that are trying, you, trying to speak into your life that get you angry, that get you riled up. I've, how many of you have heard somebody say, during this pandemic, I just had to shut social media down? Y- yeah, that's probably wise, because you would have probably burned something down by now, right? Okay, uh, or said something you shouldn't have. How I many know Job would have been good if he would have got rid of some of his friends? You know what I'm talking about, Right? And some of those are media and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. Okay, I'm going to move on. Number two, and the second thing is add a small group of godly friends. You don't have to have a business or a church or a corporation to have a board of directors in your life. I have a board of directors in my life. I have overseers I have elders I have trustees trustees help me make corporate and personal financial decisions I have I I have elders that I go to when something's really bothering me when I'm sad mad or looking bad that I can talk to them about that I have overseers that I go to when I need counsel and I need wisdom and I need to make a decision that's going to affect more than just me but going to affect a lot of people you you need a group of godly friends that can help confirm what God is saying or help you hear what God is saying and again i know this is uh, this is a shameless plug get in a text group at bare minimum all right everybody and stop sitting alone in church all right i mean like i don't mean that physically but like make some friends at church you can sit alone it's okay greg okay but 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 like make some friends when you're here i had a lady left the church one time this was years ago she said i just feel like god's leading me on i said how come i just don't feel like you're a friendly church and i said really and, 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 and the reality was, she came in after worship started, sat in the back row, and as soon as I said, let's pray, she jumped up and got out. How are we supposed to meet you? I mean, we chased you down in the parking lot. You ran us over. What else can we do? Right? Okay. So get some friends, all right? Um, um, you need friends. Jeremiah says this, that the heart above all is deceitful. How many know your emotions will lead you the wrong way? Anybody? (laughs) Well, we're just in love. No, you're not. You're stupid. All right? Come on now. I said that to get your attention, but it's true. Do you know that the original bridesmaids and groomsmen were for that very reason? They were the best friends of the groom. They were the best friends of the bride. And through the whole courting relationship, they were there to go, Girl, uh uh-uh, no, 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 don't you let him feed you that lie. Dude, I'm telling you right now, she's a gold digger. Don't you be letting her. That's what they were there for. Because the heart above all, anybody ever heard the term love is blind? Yeah, you need somebody to say, dude, you are being an idiot right now. Do you not see what's happening? Right? People are afraid to say amen to that. It's true. Every one of you raised your hand earlier when I said, did you ever make a decision you wish you wouldn't have? Let's move on to number three. Number three, seek God in His will and then trust Him when He answers. I was this close the other day when I said, oh God, I need you. And and then the one option eliminated. I was this close to being like, ah, arguing why that one got eliminated. No, I sought God's will. He answered. Now I have to trust Him. Right? Jeremiah 29, 13 says this. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Okay, and, and, and here's a little clue. I love this because I, sometimes I get people like, I'm really trying to be in God's will. You know what? Sometimes wanting to be in God's will puts you right in the middle of God's will. There's just something about, oh, I want to be in God's will. You're, you, that's what's happening because you desire to be in His will. Listen, God's not playing hide and go seek from us. It's hard enough for Him to get us to follow Him much less He's hiding from us. No, He wants to reveal His goodwill to us, all right? Um, and, and seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added. Proverbs 3 says this. I'm almost done, everybody. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. That got me in a lot of trouble. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Watch this. In all your ways, in all your ways... In your relationship ways, yes. In your financial ways, yes. In your career ways, yes. In all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will make your path straight. Life would be good if it didn't zig and zag. If it just was straight, right? In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Okay, uh, let's do the last, I think this is the last one, number four. Do I have number four, let peace be your umpire. At the end of the day, you know that thing I said about a red flag? That's a real genuine thing. Some of us, we, we get our discernment through facts and figures, but at the end of the day, all of us know what it is to have a red flag. I, if you're in the church world, I have a check in my spirit, you know? It's a red flag. It's like, man, something in my gut. Just eh, I'm not sure about that. Um, just let peace be your umpire. Um, in fact, let, let me just end it with this. Philippians chapter number 4. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, prayer. By the way, if you're a person, and I've done this before, that feels like, oh, that's too little of an issue to pray about. God's got more important things. First of all, you've just limited the size of God to your ability God's able to take care of what's going on in the Middle East at the same time hearing what's important to you right now at your job. Because he says, but in everything. That means we can pray about everything. Everything. If it's on your mind, if you're laying awake at night, if it's bothering you, if it's going round and round in your mind, that's everything. Pray about everything. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be n- made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to go to a story. I'm, I'm just going to say this. Remember the church, 5,000 seats? We, we don't even have 200 seats set up in here. And the flesh, but man, I, does it bother you that you didn't go to that church? Well, every once in a while, on a bad Monday, when, when somebody said something stupid to me, I think, oh, I like to fantasize about... But the peace of God isn't over there. The peace of God is right in the middle of His will. Come on, everybody. Do I wish that I was somewhere? No, I'm right where I want to be, and I think I'm right where God wants me to be, and that's where the peace and the blessing is. Come on, right, everyone? You hear that tonight? Okay, I'm going to end right there. Did you get maybe something, a good reminder out of that tonight? Okay, Uh, next week we're going to start diving into that a little bit more. And um, uh, that's all I'm going to tell you about that, all right? Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray and let you be on your way tonight. Thanks for being here tonight. I think we're going to have a good time in this series. So Father, I pray right now that you help us to hear your heart. First of all, I pray you would change any concept in this room or those that are listening online that thinks that you're trying to hide from us. God, help us to understand that you have good things for us and you want to lead us into those. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm just wondering right now before I close in prayer, is there anybody in the room that's really at a crossroads in their life and you're needing some wisdom and God's voice and God's direction? Would you just slip your hand up? I just want to just keep it up while I pray, all right? So, Father, wow, there's some hands in this room. And I, I first of all, believe that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of you. So it's not by accident that any person is here tonight. So those hands that are up, God, I pray that as we begin to apply these principles, I pray your Holy Spirit that knows the truth would lead us, not speak of his own, but speak what he has heard you say on behalf of our lives. And I pray, God, that you would begin to make those paths straight and you would make them clear. I ask that for my friends tonight and for those that are watching online. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Would you give the Lord one more good hand clap, everybody? All right.